From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with Lembit Opic on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Good morning, planet Earth. Lembit Opic here again on the aptly named Lembit Opic Show right here on TNT, the home of free speech. So good to have you with me. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to a place that asks you to do one thing alone, think for yourself. We give you facts. We also give you our opinions, but we never mix up the two. Your job is to work out who's right, who's wrong, what do you think, and what you're going to do about it. The one thing you should do is join us on the TNT chat. Just go to the TNT website and you will find us there. And more than that, you can phone in as well. You'll find those phone numbers on our website. Coming up on this show, we have a fantastic three hours filled with insights, opinions, and some controversy too. We have Kit Clarenberg, a man so determined to take seriously free speech that Kit's been arrested for it. Why? Well, we'll find out. And Kit's got great insights into the Middle East. Well, I'm glad somebody has, because I suspect our politicians aren't all that good at that at the moment. We've got Vince Maple. He's the leader of a council uh, that's a local authority in the United Kingdom. And he'll explain why he thinks the government has made local authorities essentially bankrupt. Does it matter? Oh, you bet it does. It means that people's lives are really affected for the worse. Yes, he's a party politician. Yes, he's in Labour. But I can tell you, he's also a free talker. All of that is absolutely fantastic. And we've got Charlie Downs, a spokesperson for Generation Z. Why is Gen Z so disillusioned with politics? Maybe they're just the same as everybody else. Uh, Charlie Downs is a political commentator. Uh, he's in his early 20s, and he tells it like it is as well. I can push him, and he'll push back. He'll be here as well, talking about the younger perspective on matters, not just of the United Kingdom, but around the world. So three tremendous, tremendous guests all on the theme of free speech. If you want to get involved, as I say, go to our chat on the TNT website. Very easy to find. It takes a minute to log in uh, and then you'll get the most out of it because what happens on the chat, I can't completely cover because we haven't got enough time. Uh, but there's usually a parallel debate or two going on there as well. And we've got some stalwarts. I can tell you they would be great presenters if they were on TNT as well. Well, you can present your ideas and share them on that website. When I got uh, the chance, I'll read some of the comments out as well. And you can phone in. If you get moved to do so, you'll find those phone numbers on the site. Before we go to our first guest, let me tell you two stories which have particularly caught my attention uh, in the last day or two. First of all, Donald Trump is having to pay $83 million in a defamation case. And here's the point. It's actually more than was asked for by the prosecution. He's been punished by the jury so that they stop him from doing it again. I'm not going to commit any kind of uh, a crime here by entering into a libel case myself, but I ask a general question. Is it ever acceptable to charge 83 million pounds of a person, even if they're rich? Does that go beyond the idea of providing damages to the affronted individual, the, the wronged person, or maybe, this is all part of the witch hunt against Donald Trump. I'll make a prediction without going any deeper into the lat legal case. Here's the prediction. Everything they do to Donald Trump only makes him stronger. He looks like the underdog. He looks like the man who represents the oppressed, 
They're just about managing Americans who don't really like politicians, and that's why they like Donald Trump. I'll make a second prediction, and this isn't anything that requires a crystal ball. He's going to be the Republican candidate, the nominee for President of the United States of America. That being the case, it looks like it'll be a rerun of the last time. Joe Biden, despite all of my expectations, is still staggering about in the White House, claiming he's going to be the next president of the United States. Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. I want a ringside seat for that. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And we'll give you the facts and our opinions about that particular election. Going to the Middle East now, and we will return to this with Kit. There's been an attack on a British registered ship, and it's called, I believe, the Marlin. Let me get this right. Marlin Luanda. It's an oil tanker. At time of reporting this to you, I know it's been ablaze. Oil and fire don't go well together. I don't know if they'll put it out or if it'll sink. It's beyond my remit. I'm not a shipping expert. But here's the problem. It's British registered, which means the British government is going to have to take a stand. Time and again in my political career, the United Kingdom has decided to wade in to military action, sometimes when it's not welcome. We did it in Afghanistan. We did it in Iraq on a false prospectus, an illegal war. Now it looks like we're wading in again in the Middle East. It's hardly surprising that British shipping is a target when British weapons are being deployed in the theater of conflict uh, over there. I wonder what you think about this. Would it be better for Britain to take a more conciliatory attitude the way that, for example, Turkey has done? Or are we right to stand firm and wave our sabers at our presumed enemy and say, you shall not pass? The problem is it only takes one well-aimed drone to damage a ship, but it takes a fortune to prevent it from happening in the first place. Once again, I make an observation which I've made all my political life. However much you hate your opponents, shouting is better than shooting. I wonder what you think. Are we right to be involved? What should our response be to the attack on a British registered ship? Have we learned nothing from the lessons of history? Or perhaps we have to rewrite those lessons in a different way. You can let me know your view. I maybe sound like a pacifist. That's probably because I am. I don't like the idea of killing people. I do like the idea of coexisting, an armed neutrality rather than weapons, fire, and sinking ships. Your views are most welcome here on TNT. Go to the chat or pick up the phone. Tell me what you think. We're going to be talking deeply about the Middle East in a very short while. All of that here on the Lembitopic Show. I'll get my name right in the end and on TNT. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for the same country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Kit Clarenberg joins us now, a man who knows far more than I'll ever know about the Middle East. Kit, welcome to TNT, the home of free speech. And boy, you're in the right place. This is your home, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. Hey, how's it going, London? Very well. And it's just great to have you on actually something of an honour because people who get arrested... Uh, in the name of speaking up, are always uh, elevated, in my view, to the status of, of actual moral crusaders rather than simply trying to earn a wage. Just tell us a little bit about your background so that our listeners and viewers can really get a sense of, of what you have done in campaigning terms over the last years. 
Oh, sure. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm an investigative journalist. I focus on the, the role of intelligence services in shaping politics and perceptions globally. Um, that sounds rather pompous. But um, yeah, I, I've uh, written for a, a number of independent publications um, for the, uh, about 10 years. Um, I in Last May, um, I um, returned to my home country of Britain and found a, a, a team of police officers on the runway waiting for me. Uh, and I was then taken to a, a, a windowless, airless and really rather hot back room in Luton Airport, which is one of the worst airports in the world by, by some considerable margin, um, and grilled uh intensively with no right to silence for five hours about um, a wide range of topics um which included whether my energy bills were included in my rent um all sorts of uh queries about my financial affairs and bank accounts and and uh property i owned abroad but they also focused on um uh, the, the, the prime primary focus was about my journalism i was asked all sorts of questions about articles i'd written which was rather surprising including an investigation um from a few weeks earlier um at that time which um exposed how the cia had recruited two of the 9 11 hijackers as as agents or at least two of them um, they were particularly interested in this um, and my political views uh, and, and my my professional journey and how I got into doing the kind of things I was doing. Um, the sense that they had a very particular idea of me as a as working for the Russian intelligence or um, a bit being some form of, of Kremlin asset, and they were just desperately trying to prove this, which is completely false, um, I might add. Um, uh, they were trying to prove this via fishing. But you would say that, well, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't be able to say otherwise if I was. Um, terrifying, but yeah. So, it, it, uh, like, they, they were trying to prove this by a fishing expedition, and they cast a very, very, very wide net. Um, just, and, and this was largely related to my work exposing Britain's like uh, concealed role in uh, escalating and prosecuting the, the proxy war in Ukraine. They, it, it's very clear that um, they are, are have been consistently willing to go further and push Ukraine um, to uh, d degrees of escalation that the the um, the, the the US is deeply un uncomfortable and uh, about uh, because in effect. Um, it, uh, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, around the time of the, the, the Maidan coup in, um, in, in Ukraine, um, I mean, that was uh, effectively delivered by the, by the US, but it obviously occurred at a time when uh, the Obama administration had a particular doctrine that they, they didn't see Ukraine as a core geopolitical interest. And they were, of course, at that time trying to pivot towards Asia. Um, the British uh, were all in on uh, erecting this, sorry, constructing this effective uh, nas uh, nationalistic neo-Nazi shadow government in Ukraine, um, uh, uh, coordinating with the most extreme elements on the ground uh, uh, that were explicitly very heavily anti-Russian. It's rather forgotten that um, there was significant public opposition to the uh, to the, the Maidan movement in Ukraine at the time, precisely because of their anti-Russian nationalist rhetoric. Um, uh, they also never had majority support. Uh, there was the, the support for joining NATO. Was, was about 10% or, or something uh, like that. It was very, very low. So um, the, 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 there was this organisation called the Institute for Statecraft, which is effectively a British intelligence front. 
um, uh, which receives funding from the Foreign Office and NATO. And they published an essay on their, which has since been deleted, of course, on their website uh, about 10 years ago, which effectively said that we need to encircle, uh, isolate Russia diplomatically, um, uh, encircle them economically, basically cut them off from, from, from the Western world. This will uh, inevitably lead to war, uh, which the um, uh, which the West will inevitably win. Um, we're seeing the total failure of that project unfold um, in eastern Ukraine uh, at the moment. This is a huge defeat uh, for the for, for the West for the West, which cannot be admitted uh, because. I mean, after all, after two years of claiming that, well, we're in this for the long haul and we're, you know, we're going to support Ukraine no matter how long it takes, no matter what it takes. And actually, the Americans have gotten rather bored of their proxy war and are focused elsewhere. So Britain is, in, and we see this with the, the, the strike on the tanker, Britain is doing uh, all of the uh, declining empire flailing. Uh, in order to uh, try and try and maintain the the the, the, the global U.S. dominated order, um, they go. They, we see this in Yemen with you know air airstrikes by Britain. Um, they they are the only member of uh, of was it Operation Prosperity Guardian. There's this seven nation flotilla announced by the U.S., which immediately collapsed. Um, and the French said we're not going to be involved. The, in order to in order to prosecute this, the British have had to decommission some of their ships in in order to uh, free up staff for other vessels. I mean, it's it's kind of end. It's like end. It's end of days, really, um, for you know, for US, U.S. hegemony. It, but again, it just can't be admitted. I mean, we see Russian and Chinese ships um, traversing the Red Sea uh, very you know, w w without harassment. Um, because they oppose the Israeli genocide in Gaza, um, and the, I mean the ICJ ruling yesterday. Sorry, go ahead. Just, just, just a quick point. I want to go to the ICJ ruling in a moment. We can explain what that is to, mm -hmm. to viewers. Uh, very interesting point you're making, uh, in my opinion, about Operation Prosperity Guardian. And there's a cruel irony here. I think Kit, they're bombing the hell out of just about the poorest nation on the planet. Uh, which has been yeah. under siege more or less by one of the richest, namely Saudi Arabia. People don't know about this war. Why? Because Yemen mm. has got sand, not oil. So therefore, they've got nothing that we particularly need. I wonder why is it that the Yemeni conflict, which has killed thousands of poverty-stricken mm. people, why has it gone unnoticed in the West? Well, I mean, uh, Yemen. I mean, Yemen's very a, a very very interesting country. It, it 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 effectively booted the British out. I mean, that was like we we think of Suez as the end of the British Empire. Actually, uh, for about a decade following Suez, um, the the Britain still tried to puff its chest and pretended to be this global superpower when it just it didn't have the wealth or the or the uh, or the muscle. Um, and they uh, the polit British politicians frequently spoke about still having a place east of Suez. This referred to the port of Aden, which was this major um, British military installation, which was used to uh, police the police the Gulf and, and, and maintain some degree of, of, of British influence in the region. Um, the Yemenis kicked them out um, in, in the 1960s, and you know, that was it. Um, and they have ever since had a history of uh, of dissidents, of um, of defiance of Western powers, they they were the only country to vote against the Gulf. Oh no, apart from Cuba, to to vote against the Gulf War in the UN. The U the US punt 
punish them severely economically, subject them to sanctions for daring to step out of line. Um, in uh, around 2013, there was a bit, there was a change of a change of government in about half the country, and this is the, the rise of the Ansarala, or the, as they're derisively known, the Houthis. Um, they, um, it, 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 in response. British and Britain and the US launched an absolutely brutal proxy war using the Saudi, the Saudis. Uh, there was this Gulf co a coalition of Gulf air, air forces just relentlessly bombed the country for the best part of 10 years. I mean, it was completely genocidal. Uh, they targeted weddings and funerals uh, and markets, and they, they destroyed crops uh, and, and, and fishing vessels because they wanted to starve the population. And um, it was, it was, you know, an, almost a modern day, day Holocaust before um, the horror began in Gaza. Um, and it, it, it didn't emerge in the media at all um, because, uh, precisely because um, Britain and the it was Britain and the US that were effectively doing this um, and it couldn't be admitted because it was it was just so horrific um I, uh, there is a, a very good documentary by the classified about uh, the war in Yemen, where there are a foreign office official who is quite clearly frightened of, of disclosing certain truths, refers to how Boris Johnson would have regular meetings with with uh, with departmental officials while he was for, for, foreign minister, um, and would make jokes about what the Saudis were doing to Yemen, and he thought it was absolutely uproarious that all of these people were being killed and uh, and, and civilians deliberately targeted. And under British law, uh, continuing to sell weapons to uh, that the, uh, the, the Saudis uh, would, would be illegal because they're, in, in theory, if the British government knows they're being used to kill civilians, they can't export. Um, I might add as well that, like, the, 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 yeah, I think there was like a grand total of one article, I think, authored by none other than Diane Abbott in The Let's, Independent, where she... Just hold that thought because I want to explore it a bit. We've got to go to a break in a minute, but just... Okay. I want to go to talk about what's happening in, in the Middle East and in, in, in Israel, Gaza in a moment. But when we come back, what I'd like you to do <laughs> is explain how they actually prevent people from hearing these things. So we'll talk about the way that the media operates, because you've had frontline experience of that. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to The Lemotopic Show. We're talking with Kit, who has got insider knowledge about how the media works and has exposed some pretty awkward home truths about UK and beyond. Uh, stay with us. We'll be back with Kit in a moment. This is TNT. TNT's Steve Malzberg. If a president could be prosecuted for things he did, which he believed and was advised by his lawyers, what, what was was the duty of the president to do, and then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean, this opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. JDRS vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The Type 1 Diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the Type 1 Diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the Type 1 Diabetes community, we're energised by the Type 1 community, and we're accountable to the Type 1 Diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. 
JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Greetings. Welcome back. I'm Lambert Topic. This is TNT, the home of free speech. And we dig deep on Saturdays and Sundays uh, by looking at the stories that some of the old legacy media would rather you didn't hear about because they contain inconvenient political truths. Uh, one such inconvenient truth is the war in Yemen. Did you know there was one? Well, it's been raging for years. One of the richest nations on the planet, Saudi Arabia, attacking one of the poorest and apparently not winning. Uh, I want to go on Kit Clarenberg to uh, talk about the ICJ ruling with regard to Israel. But just on this Yemeni situation, why is it that Saudi Arabia, with all its resources and all its allies, has not been able to quell its military problems and fulfill its military objectives in Yemen. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's quite it's quite remarkable that they failed. I mean, it's purely because um, the, the, the the Yemenis they don't they don't back down. I mean, and also there's the, the issue that that the, the, um, that they don't have anything to lose. Really, you can see you can find videos online of, of Saudi Arabia bombing um, public meetings that uh, by, uh, convened by Ansharallah. And like when when the bombs land, like the the attendees barely flinch, you know. Um, and I think that on a on a wider wider level, you know, that's the kind of mindset. I mean, it's, there there was a rather wonderful moment a few weeks back where um, there was rather rather handsome young um, Yemeni who was sat on a on a, uh, a, a, a a small boat in the Red Sea with this massive. Um, uh, uh, this massive ship that the Yemenis had com commandeered, um, in, in, and, and he was just sat there smiling um, you know, without a care in the world. And meanwhile, this action has you know crippled the, the global economy. Um, it's, it's, and it, yeah, I mean, we see this with where, where Joe Biden was asked whether the, air, the, the, the U.S. and British airstrikes on Yemen were working, and he said no, but they're going to continue. So I mean, I think, you know, that's they, they don't have any imagination. They don't know how to. Uh, respond to someone who doesn't back down. Uh, so um, so in, in, in interesting times we live in. Uh, it's it, somebody described it as a poor neighbor next to a rich neighbor. The rich neighbor is harassing the poor neighbor. Mm -hmm. He says all I have to do is scratch his expensive car, and that'll really hurt. <laughs> and in yes. a sense, that's what's happening. I, I do feel it's asymmetric. Uh, I don't want to go further into it. I've done quite a few shows about Yemen, and mm -hmm. that's the reason I know about it. But if I watched the old legacy media, I wouldn't know a thing about it. I would think the Yemenis are a bunch of upstarts. Well, actually, they're just trying to defend themselves against this crushing and relentless attack, primarily on civilians, as far as I can see. Uh, let's talk about the... ICJ, the International Court of Justice and its ruling. Can you explain, Kit, what is the ICJ? What's it been talking about? And what's it just 
decided yesterday? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the uh, the ICJ is a UN body, which is theoretically um, charged with uh, in, enforcing um, uh, international law. Um, I might add that it's it is it is a, it's flawed because the US is not a signatory to the ICJ. In in, in fact, they have um, uh, what's known as the Hague Invasion Act that if any of their um, uh, government or military or, or security and intelligence personnel um, uh, get indicted for war crimes, then the Hague in um, uh, Amsterdam will be invaded by the US to liberate them. So, um, but I, um, in effect, uh, South Africa, uh, God bless them, um, brought a case for genocide against Israel um, uh, uh, to the ICJ. Um, this was much mocked uh, by the legacy media. The economy, uh, the economists said that their case was extremely flimsy. Uh, a, a, a large number of, of Western leaders, both, uh, I mean, Keir Starmer, the, the, this uh, crusading human rights lawyer, um, opposed it. Uh, various governments supported Israel um, in, in uh, 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 Israel's Niles that was carrying out genocide. The German government argued that because Jews have, because of the Holocaust, Jews have a right to um, carry out their own genocide. Um, so the, the, the charge is rather null and void. I mean, I do wonder what all of the, the, the various African peoples uh, who the, the German Empire massacred, uh, what, what their descendants think of that argument, what they might do um, as a result. But uh, anyway, so um, it well, the, the ICJ moved very quickly uh, and they issued what's an absolutely devastating blow. Um, it specifically stated that Israel's conduct in Gaza since October 7th um, uh, and that, uh, that uh, constitutes uh, genocide. There is a real risk if they keep carrying on as they have been doing and as they have pledged to keep doing. Um, that they could be indicted for genocide, and they were they, rather they stopped short of, of explicitly ordering a ceasefire. They did effectively call for one by stating that Israel needs to stop indiscriminately targeting civilian areas and killing you know children on an absolutely industrial scale. Now um, this is really it's really significant because the court effectively struck down the argument that this is self-defense. So, you know, we constantly hear, does it, you know, Israel has a right to defend itself. Well, the ICJ has ruled that that's not a acceptable argument. Um, the statements of various Israeli government officials um, effectively calling for a genocide were used against them. And now, in many cases, you have pictures of these officials like Netanyahu, like grinning with Western leaders. So where does that leave them? Like I mean, they're they're of course implicated, but just more gen more generally as well. Um, it, 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 I, I think it's going to lead to a major shift in how the media talks uh, uh, about the war in Gaza, I mean, the genocide in Gaza, because um, it, you know the cases for genocide could be brought against journalists who are diminishing or justifying what's happening. Like the FT uh, recently reported that the reason that Israel is like raising um, uh, universities and, and schools and hospitals to the ground was to create a, a buffer zone between itself and Hamas. Well, uh, it, you know, that's genocide. This has been ruled to be to, to constitute genocide. So I think that a lot of, of, of journalists and pundits and politicians are going to be thinking very carefully about how they describe and talk about what's happening, let alone like what they're supporting. Um, so yeah, that, that's huge. That's hugely significant. 
And I think it's it is a testament to like the, the utter depravity, not only of, of Western governments, but also um, client governments like throughout the Middle East who didn't sign sign up for this, um, who didn't bring a case of genocide earlier. Why is it South Africa, um, uh, backed by Ireland and not many other governments, doing this? Um, you know, and I, I can think of a few issues where, um, uh, like uh, globally, where government, the, the position of governments is more utterly divorced from their domestic population. Like there have been mass protests, like record, like, like of record size across in, in almost every major Western city in the world, and many Middle Eastern countries as well. Um, right. And their government supports what's happening. I was I was um, I was one of the two million people who marched through London against the false prospectus of the Iraq war. Of course, we were ignored. Of course, we were proved right. What I'm finding interesting this time, Kit, is that once again, not many people in my political experience know much about Gaza. But as you say, in my view, people are the general public tend to be fairly fair minded and Uniquely, Israel's actions have caused two perverse situations. First of all, the public now, not having known much about it, are on Gaza's side, by and large, as far as I can tell. Uh, that doesn't make them anti-Semitic. It makes them anti-killing people. And the second really weird thing is we've got world leaders and people like Keir Starmer, who wants to be a prime minister, saying that he opposed the ceasefire. What has happened? How can these people look into a camera and say, I'm against a ceasefire when the majority of people being killed there are civilians, many of them women and children? How have we ended up here? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite amazing, isn't it? And like I say, I just think I, 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 I think the large number, a large number of governments will now be, if not publicly, behind closed doors, just demanding Netanyahu wrap this up. I mean, the, the, it, this is this this is the danger that the West creates these monsters, right? Because they act with total impunity, and it's like you know we have like Biden administration officials claiming that they're reining in Israel's most lethal, brutal, um, indiscriminate impulses, and then continuing to provide them with the weapons to do this. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's quite it's quite amazing, um, and but like I mean, it's a shame this has come off the back of like you know thousands of dead of dead innocent children and many more mutilated and, and traumatized for life. But like I think this is a real sea change in world opinion. And like I like I like I mentioned, um, it, like you know, <laughs> six months ago, as you say, most people didn't know where Yemen was on a map. Um, it, this, this conflict has high, has highlighted the the genocidal bombing that they've been subject to. Um, and it's it's kind of almost transformed them into like a major world player. They have like yeah, as I say, they've kind of shut down the global economy without firing without firing a shot. Um, this will encourage other um, uh, uh, peoples and nations and, and and perhaps even governments to be ungovernable to reject um, U.S. hegemony. And that creates all, sort, all, all sorts of issues um, you know, un, 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 unforeseen. And as I say, we live, we live in very, very interesting times. One of the other uh, statistics, which I don't think is fully appreciated even now, perhaps even by the politicians, is this, Kit. If the United Kingdom experienced the same level of death, let's say because France chose to invade and conquer us or something, uh, then, uh, as Israel has meted out on Gaza, that would mean a death toll of around 8 
800,000 people, and maybe four times more or three times more in terms of the injured. 800,000 people, 25,000 dead in Gaza out of a population of 2 million. Is it possible that the Israeli regime has overstepped its mark so far that it won't be able to recover? Or will we just get back to business as, uh, as usual after this little slight detour, uh, which has caused all this death? Well, I mean, I think that's cer certainly what Western leaders are hoping, and it's what the government of Israel is hoping. But I think, I mean, I I, I think that the, you, the, the, these are the, the the kind of the death throes of the Zionist entity, like that we're we're watching unfold. I mean, in, in terms of your unintended consequences. One, one of the flaws in Israel's foundations is the fact that, yes, it's, it is a settler state in the manner of what, what, uh, apartheid South Africa or Rhodesia, uh, named after that the British imperialist Cecil Rhodes, who once said I would annex the stars if I could. Um, it, it, the, in effect, uh, the overwhelming majority of its population have dual citizenship. Um, already, the, 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 its population is rapidly collapsing because people are fleeing because it's not a safe space. Um, for, uh, for, for, for Zionists um, any longer. Um, in, in response, Israel has shuttled in a variety of, kind of D list celebrities to try and um, uh, reassure, uh, re like Jerry Seinfeld, uh, that well known pedophile, um, and um, Eve Barlow. This Are you allowed awful, to say that? Awful um, well, I mean, I've just said it. So, I mean, he can he can sue me if he wishes. I've got nothing to lose at this point. But um, no, I, in effect, I, I just have to say I don't have any data to know one way or the other. So let's carry on. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so um, <laughs> allegedly, but like yes. Yeah, so um, it, 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 uh, that it's led to a massive economic collapse for Israel because. Um, uh, people aren't investing in in the country anymore. Um, they uh, ha are having to pay. Um, the Israeli government is having to pay the salaries of people who've been conscripted to go and go and fight the war. Um, uh, the, 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 its tech sector, which was regarded as this this kind of this this jewel in in Israel's crown, is 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 crack is cracking up. Um, the the fact that this happened at all, um, it, it, the, the, the the Hamas struck so so. A, such a, a devastating blow uh you know israel markets its um security um uh, uh its security firms and, and its private military companies uh mar you know, market themselves on in, in this in kind of invincibility and impenetrability they use videos of them striking um alleged hamas uh, insurgents um uh, uh promotionally to market their their weapons and their security systems abroad so this is a huge like a major um uh, uh kind of burst of bad pr for them um, and yeah, I mean, you have stories of um, Israeli psychiatrists because they're so overwhelmed and traumatized by all of the the soldiers they're having to look after, like leaving the country. Um, it's it's cracking up very, very, very rapidly. And I've, I, I I I constantly remind people who think that oh well everything's going to go back to normal um, after this kind of period of unrest. Like the Berlin Wall fell by accident on the morning of the day that it fell in November. I believe it was November 1989. The heads of the two Germanys met to discuss. Um, uh, the plans for relative freedom of movement but between the two Germanys within the next 10 years. Um, 24 hours later, East Germany effectively didn't exist. Right, like the, 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 this thing, these things happen abruptly and and rapidly without anyone seeing them coming. Right, um, and I mean, as as ever with 
I mean, we see this with the war in Ukraine, where you know we were told at the start of when they, when they started that oh, the Western world's never been been more united. The international community is behind us, um, and uh, this is going to be like a major defeat for, uh, for an embarrassment uh, for, for for Russia. Um, Russia now has all manner of new international allies. Um, it has uh, uh, its army is bigger than ever. It's it's created a war economy, which has led led to um, a, a rep like record low levels of unemployment record high levels of of salaries um they're stronger they're stronger and potentially more dangerous than ever right and it's like meanwhile the british the, yeah the, the british army is at like it, it's like 75,000 soldiers it's not meeting recruitment targets and there's talk of of conscription and having to um uh, accept women and um uh, people with severe health health disabilities like asthma uh, just to get the numbers up because they're so they're so, they're so incredibly low. Um, yeah, like again, we're living through a major sea change in, in geopolitics. A couple of a couple of comments here, okay, from the chat, uh, the TNT uh, site, uh, and then a confession from me before we go to the break. Uh, when will the ICJ okay. start arresting the idiots in the UK government? Uh, Walter Shaps, lock him up, says Holly. And uh, hidden in plain sight said, yeah, amazing country, as is Russia and good people, essentially all used by the U.S. corporate corrupt system to destroy Ukraine. And uh, that battery as well goes on in, in some more detail there. Uh, my confession now, uh, on the weekend that the wall came down, Kit, a very good friend of mine said, the Berlin Wall's going to come down this weekend. Do you want to fly over with me and watch? And I said, nah, I've got to go to a pub quiz in Whitley Bay. That's the level of finger you on the pulse of politics. <laughs> I, I literally did that. I went to Whitley Bay to a pub quiz instead of going to watch the fall of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> it's amazing I had any political career at all after that, to be honest with you. It's, it's, I rue the day. I rue simply the stupidity of not being there. And I've never made that mistake again, Kit. I know you wouldn't have made that mistake. Uh, you're listening to Kit uh, Clarenberg with me, Lembitopic, here on TNT. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about the nature of his investigative journalism. What kind of courage does it take to call out the establishment? And to what extent does Kit feel he's actually making a difference? All of that with me on the Lembitopic Show right here on TNT. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle, but MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy, Ethan. My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Healing. Nurturing. Rescuing. Protecting inspiring 
The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. The Nonprofit Alliance. You're listening to Lembit OPIC on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. Coming up in the next couple of hours, we have Vince Maple, uh, a leader of a local authority from the Labour Party. I'll be asking him, why is local government in Britain and perhaps in the Western world going bankrupt? Uh, and we've got the Gen Z spokesman, Charlie Downs, who will join us to explain his youthful perspective on politics, what's wrong, and what he thinks can be done to put it right. Uh, both In both cases, I think you'll find they're of international interest, what they're saying, because you can copy and paste the problems in the United Kingdom to many, many other countries. But still with me, it's Kit Clarenberg, a man who's been arrested for his principles. And we've been talking about uh, the Gaza-Israeli situation, the Ukraine situation. But I want to finish with Kit on a more personal subject. And it's about what drives someone like Kit to expose himself to material, clear and present danger, if only from the state. Kit, why do you do what you do? Why are you willing to be arrested? Why are you willing to swim up the river when everyone else is going down with the current? Well, I mean, there's that uh, there's there's a great phrase which is "well-behaved people don't make history." Um, I have frequently been asked um, by uh, uh, by friends, indeed, like members of the public, um, why I decided to ruin my life by like doing doing what I what I do. Um, again, it sounds terribly pompous, but there is an aspect of like if if, if not us, if not if not me slash if not us at the grey zone, then who? Like quite literally, like nobody is doing this stuff. And I think that um, after um, yes. My uh, my counter terror detention because you know I'm, I'm this terribly dangerous terrorist. Um, I had tens of thousands of people um, uh, con condemn this, reach out to me, um, it, which included you know people that I'd um, you know idolised when I was younger, um, like John Pilger. Now, like you know, John got in touch with me to to um, uh, to say that he'd been reading my work for years. And uh, he referred to me as a, as a ray of light in a very dark world. Um, that was pretty mind blowing. And it did encourage me to keep going because, I mean, I was considering um, ceasing uh, my journalistic activities because, you know, I'd rather not you know, go to jail. Um, you know, like for what I, I mean, you just objectively, I'd rather not not do that. Um, and yeah, so yeah, that uh, I, I feel that I I, I, I feel I, I felt that I was actually you know making a difference and doing something important. Um, you know, but when I find that like myself named in NATO reports on psychological warfare, and I'm referred to as an influential agent of influence uh, for the Russian state, which is again untrue. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, th that, that, that shows that, um, you know, people in power are scared of me. Uh, you know, like when the, the, the UK part recently passed a, a bit of legislation called the National Security Act, it got, I mean, we could do a whole show on that. It's uh, like, it, 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 it got zero media coverage, but it has, it gives the government wide ranging powers to police, uh, uh, what uh, the British public are allowed to know. Um, it criminalizes all manner of legitimate like journalistic act activities uh, with extremely severe penalties. And, and, and its terms are so vague that, pe that it, it convicts people of thought crime. So it claims that 
um, receiving a material benefit from a hostile state um, uh, uh, can land you in prison for 10, 10 years. And that material benefit can just be information. Right. And I think that that opens the door to people um, uh, expressing legitimate opinions. But because the British government decides that, that they hold these opinions because of, quote unquote, information they have received from a hostile actor, um, that is a prosecut prosecutable, imprisonable criminal offence. And it's like it, 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 it's really quite shocking. And the, the, the lawyers for a uh, a British press association have stated that this will create a chilling effect. There are lots of things that the, the journalists will not go near for fear that they will land in jail. Um, it, you know, and, it, and, and then yet no journalist is talking about it. I mean, I think that tells you something about yeah. uh, the way that the British media operates. And I think that I was like, in, in closing as well. Sorry, go on. Go, on. go ahead. No, finish your point. I'll say something. No. Oh no, I was just going to say that like there is a there is a Ministry of Defence run body known as the DSMA committee, um, which uh, it, 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 it effectively meets with um, uh, journalists and editors and tells them what they can report on and how, um, and they issue things called D notices uh, that 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 very effectively muzzle the press. They're voluntary, but um, uh, compliance is voluntary in theory, but it's never ever broken. And they recently they recently wrote to editors to say don't mention the SAS being involved in quote unquote counter terror operations in Gaza. So that means means that the British government is directly implicated in in Israel genocide you know that's what they're afraid of people knowing because but uh, you know as as lloyd george uh british prime minister during world war one wrote wrote in his diary at the time if people knew the reality of the front line the war would end tomorrow if if, if british citizens knew what their government was doing at home let alone abroad uh there would be a revolution the well i was going to say to you that i i used to be on question time quite often which is uh, a united kingdom panel show largely about politics and uh, I was given on the day that I was going up to do the show, it was up in Gateshead in the north of England, a copy of a letter uh, written by the British ambassador at the time in America, which made it absolutely clear that uh, the war in Iraq was being built on a false prospectus. It was absolutely clear. And I read it out. And the ambassador happened to be next to me on the panel. David Dimbleby, who was the chair, said, uh, did you write this letter, former ambassador? He took the letter out of my hand and looked at it and said, well, it looks like my signature. Afterwards, my staff in my parliamentary office were interviewed by the Secret Service on essentially the inference that they'd committed some kind of treason. As you say, Kit, you get silenced through intimidation. What I did, of course, is I went to the public and uh, said very clearly what had been done, and then they went away. But it does seem to me that the the semblance of free speech is nothing of the sort in our country. And we go to war and we damn other countries when we're no better ourselves. And your experience seems to back that up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, it's just quite it's just quite it's just quite remarkable that like the the, 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 the world's most powerful military alliance sees me personally as a threat. This is you know, funded to the tunes of tens of billions. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's uh, it, 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 it's really quite amazing, and and that's you know foretelling the truth. I mean, but then we must never forget. I mean, like you know, like, like poor Julian Assange. 
Um, you know, I, I, I think of him daily. Like, he is just had his fifth Christmas in Britain's Guantanamo, like, but, you know, Belmarsh Prison, a 23-hour lockdown. Uh, this is someone who's never harmed, never harmed anyone who is committed to, to 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 peace and is a firm believer in the notion that if lies can start wars, then the truth can end them. Um, you know, he is now com- coming up to his final bid to avoid extradition to the to the US, um, to, to where he faces uh, life in a supermax prison for exposing the um, US government secrets and war and, and war crimes. You know, that's the kind of world that we we're living in um and then and then yet um we are con- constantly told about the barbarity of 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 china and russia and other um uh, uh you know and other designated enemy states i mean like it, 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 more people need to be questioning and i think more people are now questioning um the uh, what what kind of countries they actually live in um across the western world which is again um you know like a very a very dangerous thing and and, and what the empire you know absolutely does not want to happen as assange and his team actually flattered me because in one of the wiki leaks the uh, revelations of secret documents it turned out that uh, uh, the american embassy had reported back to their paymasters that i the great lambert opic had described nick clegg then leader of my party is very thin-skinned which is true i'm sure he took offense ironically when i said it uh, but mm. i had said it and i wasn't that offended myself by it being revealed because in my opinion by and large you should be willing to say even to the face of your enemies what you say behind their back but we now live in this world where things are processed, manufactured, toned down, and we infantilize society, including politicians, by not letting them be big and hear the things they don't want to hear. More than that, though, Kit, perhaps you do present a threat. You were talking before about how little Yemen had managed to stymie big Saudi Arabia and the West's attempts to suppress it because it's asymmetric, but Yemen has nothing to lose. In the same way, you on your own can do pretty big amount of damage because you've relatively little to lose compared to a prime minister or a government yeah absolutely and i think that like i think i i uh, the, the great loki um who is uh, both a a wonderful uh, r- uh rapper and also like and uh, uh, an investigative um, journalist um it, it, he has a great phrase which is we all uh, more more people need to become ungovernable you know but there is a reason that like uh non-violence is uh, people like nelson mandela and uh, martin luther king are venerated in the mainstream um it's well you know it's because of uh, the, the, we are told that like well you know um uh, we, yeah, we are told that like um, people, people who preach um, uh, peace and harmony um, are, are you know, great men of history. Actually, um, you know, it's it's being ungovernable that that, that, that get that gets results, and it's you know it's often forgotten that Nelson Mandela spent um, a, a, a not not insignificant portion of his life in jail uh, for uh, carrying out quote unquote terrorism against apartheid. Uh, he was on the right side of history, and he had landed in jail. Um, that is sadly a risk that people um uh who are willing to go against the grain face on a day on a daily basis but uh, i think you know the uh if if that's the case then so then so be it and actually my big concern and regular viewers know my feelings on this my big concern is that we're getting the same kind of fascism same kind of 
authoritarian jackboot attitude towards the non-existent climate crisis. When you get these idiots, the fundamentalist idiots who don't understand the first thing about the science saying we should make uh, climate change a crime against humanity when it, for reasons I won't go into now, Kit, it's actually scientifically impossible for carbon dioxide generated by humanity to do what they claim. But once again, we've got the same, we've got the same cycle, cancel the people you don't want to hear rather than engage with them. And perhaps that's because, as I said last weekend, we're not living in an age of reason, we're living in the end of reason. Can we recover the situation or has it gone too far, Kit? Well, I mean, just to think, just to bring things full circle, um, like the uh, uh, An Sharala, uh, the, the 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 Houthis, um, they are they're framed as as this kind of rather ragtag militant group. Actually, they're a social movement and they're a government and they are so many things. Um, and they have dedicated ideological wings of their movement um, who re regularly. Uh, engage in debate and discussion to resolve their political differences. I've seen the future and it works. We need to be doing more of this because remember, like the, the people who rule over us, um, they explicitly uh, attempt to divide us and um, uh, in, in, in every way. Um, for all disparate social movements and and, and, and and interest groups to to actually achieve what they want, it's going to require a a total upturning and revolu revolution of, of and, and, and overthrowing of the system in which which we live. Let's get that first, and then we'll hammer out the rest of the details. Uh, if you had one piece of advice to uh, TNT followers now, who maybe share your point of view that uh, truth is being oppressed and the right to stand apart from the establishment view has been oppressed partly due to the miracle of modern technology what would be your advice to those freedom fighters you're saying uh to be ungovernable anything else well um i i think like um uh don't don't be afraid you know um if i mean if, you, if, if you're worried about the future um uh, invest in some gum, guns and learn how to like grow your own food um it's it's it, it, it because I, the only other option is to be on the front line because yeah, uh, and 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 be, and effectively be, like be, be a soldier. Like do do your do your part to undermine power in ways in, 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 how, however you can. Resistance is you know um, uh, a team a team sport. I mean, I've been amazed at some you know at, 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 at such uh, what some people have done in order to try and um, uh, prevent the Israeli genocide. There are some enterprising Australians who blocked ships headed for Israel with kayaks in the sea at enormous risk to themselves. Um, you know, uh, it, it, and I think that we should also take some some um, uh, poise from the fact that you know the Palestinians have been living under the, um, the most brutal occupation imaginable for uh, ever since 19, 1948. They've not given up hope. They've not given up optimism, and we owe it to them and indeed ourselves um, uh, not to uh, uh, give up optimism either. I thought, Kit, you were going to use the line from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, resistance is useless. I think, like you, resistance is useful. And you're one of the pathfinders for that resistance. Kit Clarenberg, a real pleasure to spend this hour with you here on TNT. Thank Don't be a stranger. Much. Do come back soon. That is Kit Clarenberg. He Cheers, walks the talk. It's a real pleasure to speak with you, Kit. If you agree with the kind of things he says, think about what you don't like. You don't have to pick up arms, but you do have to stand your ground. 
Democracy works when people like Kit stand up for their rights. The public is served by politicians, not the other way around. We've got to remind them of that. Coming up in the next hour, we have a politician who's going to tell us why the British government seems to be bankrupting local government. All of that with me, Lembert Topic, right here on TNT.